Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teaching professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, thank you for joining us here this morning on the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing very, very, very well. Uh, We were just talking here uh, just off air just a moment ago about, of course, uh, what a lot of people have been talking about over the last couple of weeks is Hurricane Dorian, which has been very slowly, Cindy, making its way up the eastern uh, side of the U.S., of course, after much uh, devastation, if you will, in the Bahamas area. Uh, we here in Florida were pretty lucky. We, we skirted most of it, um, but it's even reached up into Canada. I, I spoke to some friends uh, here recently, and uh, it actually made its way up into the PEI and, and uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia area. So it's uh, it's been a long-reaching hurricane. Uh, how about up your way? Did you guys feel any after-effects of the storm at all? No, nothing. In fact, it's going to be 82 and sunny today. Wow. Yeah, we're going to be in the 90s down here in Florida. So, uh, But anyways, we've got a great show. Um, it's uh, always interesting. We get to uh, feature some of the uh, up-and-coming stars, if you will, uh, working their way towards the LPGA. And today's no difference. Uh, we've got a young lady... Uh, Alejandra Yaneza, she just won the uh, this past weekend's uh, Garden City Charity Classic. This is her second win, Cindy. And then a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by LPGA Class A teacher professional, uh, Karen Nicoletti. Uh, she'll be joining us on the second half of the show. But let me just tell everybody a little bit about uh, Alejandra, and then we'll bring her out here and talk about her most recent win and uh, some other things as well. Uh, she's 31, a native of Mexico City, Mexico. Uh, eight starts at the uh, LPGA Tour from uh, 2005 to 2012 as a non-member. Uh, she was part of the Mexican national squad at uh, 2008 World Amateur Team Championships. Uh, she's an alumna of the University of Arizona and all Pac-10 second team selection in 2009. Uh, finished tied 88 on the final stage of the 2011 LPGA qualifying tournament uh, to earn membership for 2012 Symmetra Tour season. And as I mentioned, uh, this is her second win. Her first win uh, was at the 2015 self uh, Regional Healthcare Foundation Women's Health uh, Classic uh, on the Symmetra Tour. And, of course, as I just mentioned, uh, she won the 2019 Garden City Charity Classic uh, here just this past weekend. So, Cindy, let's uh, welcome our very special guest uh, to start things off, Alejandra Yaneza. Hello, my dear. Hello. How are you, How Cindy? are you? <laughs> I'm doing I'm good. well. When's the last um, time I saw you? Um, I was trying to remember. It might have been a couple of years ago, maybe more than that. Right? Um, Where were yeah, we? Yeah, but um, I I'm think like, we were I in know Rochester. This girl. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, Rochester, uh, New York, for the Symmetra Tour event there, the Daniel Downing Classic. And uh, thank you for having me, Ted. You're welcome. We, you're, you're we welcome. are so glad you're here. So I yes. have to start this off, Ted. So yep. this girl is a real player. And as witnessed by her bio, there's been ups and downs. And tell us what the last three months have been. Um, the last three months? They, yeah, like you said, very up and down. Um, I I made a lot of changes to my game over the last um, off season, and I they started out pretty good, but then I, yeah, like the last three months, I I couldn't get many things to go my way, and I was I missed a lot of cuts by one or two shots, so it was kind of frustrating but I I felt like I was playing well so I I just kept with it and and then when I least expected then the the good game came out and the win happened so very excited about that when you um when you start making a change and you invest in the process I know that you you believe that things are going to get better do you come to a standstill and say, you know what, I have to do this if I want to get there, and this could take a while to implement and get comfortable with? How hard was it for you to trust the process? Um, yes, I, like you said, it's. I I think I got to a point where I felt like what I was doing wasn't going to get me to where I wanted, and. And then I I really do think the game has been getting better every year. I've been pro for eight years, and you can see it in the scores um, and the the level that the players have, both on LPGA and Symmetra Tour. So I was like, okay, I know I want to keep playing golf, so I'm going to have to make some changes. And, and I think I was at a point where I, I just, I knew it, it had to work. It, it was going to work. It felt good when I when I made uh, those changes. I knew it would take time, but the I think the most important thing is I was convinced that that it was going to help me, and and that's um, that's how I kept going. Can you tell us what those changes are? Um, yeah, I, I made some swing changes. And and potting changes. I I worked. I started working with different people also on the fitness part area. Um, and yeah, so pretty much every aspect, including the mental aspect, I I did something different. My my golf swing was getting a little short. I think just from trying to keep the ball in play, but I started losing distance and. So I I lengthened my backswing and I just worked on getting more speed through the ball. Um, I was I have a tendency to kind of like go forward with my lower body during my swing, so I would lose a lot of power that way. So I worked on uh, using my legs more, using the ground and and staying back and and yeah, in my putting I. 
I changed my my grip, the way I grip the putter, and and that also helped a lot to get the ball started more in line. Um, I started using the claw grip, which I never thought I would use, but it. When I saw how the ball was rolling, I was like, okay, if it works, I'm I'm gonna do it. And um, and yeah, and and then the the fitness side too, just um, wanted to get stronger and and just have a better program during the tournament week. Good for you. Ted, go ahead. Well, Alejandra, let's uh, first off uh, back up just a little bit and uh, congratulations on this past weekend's win. Uh, we, we started right out of the gate and forgot to actually congratulate you. So uh, well-deserved <laughs> win, and, and um, I know that you're, you're very excited about it. And, and I want to also talk to you about some of the changes uh, in from a different perspective, but but first I want to ask you this question. Um, as I mentioned, you, you won back in 2015, um, and there obviously was a point in time that you felt um, that you need to make, you know, you needed to make some changes. Um, it was basically four years since you won that last event. Was there a period in time where you started to lose a little bit of confidence, and was that part of the deciding factor that I need to make some changes? Um, yeah, yeah, I think there there was a point uh in two thousand seventeen I, I won the uh Pennsylvania Women's Open tournament which which was uh very exciting for me since I hadn't won in, in two years. Um but, but it wasn't part of the Symmetra tour and and right. then I had had LPGA status since 2013 and then in 18 was the first year that I didn't have any and I think my best finish was a top 10 last year and yeah I, I did get to a point where I'm like I know that you know golf is a sport where you sometimes go through ups and downs and you never know how long they're gonna last um so right. I mean I it's not that I lost hope but I it, I was, I guess, um, a little discouraged that things were not were not working. But what I told myself when I turned pro is I'm going to play until I don't enjoy it anymore or until I really want to do something else. And the thing that was constant is the fact that I still love the game and I still wanted to play. So, So that's what drove me to realize that I wasn't where I wanted or needed to be to to play at where I want, so um, so I was willing to to make all those changes. So yeah, there was a period of uh, discouragement and um, and just uncertainty, but um, but my desire to play was still there, so that's why I decided to do that. Yeah, and, and it was obviously uh, uh, an important step for you, and it paid off. Uh, you ultimately came back and you won, as I said this past week, in the Garden City uh, Charity Classic. What did you say to yourself mentally? Obviously, physically, you knew you had to make some changes in that, but when you kind of, and I hate to use this word slump, but it's used quite often in the, in the golf uh, industry that you know, yeah. this player's kind of gotten into a bit of a slump. What did you say to yourself mentally? How did you sort of pick yourself up emotionally and, and, and uh, spiritually, if you will, to say, okay, I've got to do something now. I know I've got to make some physical changes, but I also got to work on the inside as well. What was the thought yeah. process there? 
for sure. Um, yeah, I think, well, the, the number one thing was I asked myself, well, uh, do I want to keep playing? Like, if even if I don't know what's going to happen, and the answer was yes. And and then I, um, you mentioned spiritually, and, and yeah, I, I did started to get more into meditation and um, breathing exercises, and I, I, I've had some people that have helped me with, with those things, and um, I started to visualize how I wanted to feel on the golf course, and and really uh, try to search for the reason why I play golf, um, because I think if you have that clear, then it's um, you you can move forward with more confidence because you know why you're doing it, and I think it can be different for some people. And and I also realized that I was so worried with the results that I was forgetting to enjoy the game and to enjoy the process and enjoy putting in the work. I was just mostly worried, like, oh, is is this going to happen? I need to finish in this spot to get to here. And then, like, when you start to get to worry about all the math um, in the game, then you forget to to actually play it and. Um, so yeah, what I, I like I said, I did more meditation and and breathing work, visualization, and and also um, they were asking me like if I drew on the experience of winning in 2015 for this week, and it it was funny because I when I got there that week I I just had a very calm feeling and and I was more remembering the times that I won growing up when uh, when I was just playing golf and having fun and, and enjoying the challenge of every single shot and and not worrying about everything going on outside, but just mostly uh, my connection with the golf course and, and the, the golf game. Very interesting. You know, um, Alejandra, we've had many, many young ladies such as yourself here uh, who have also won on the Symmetra Tour. Of course, we, we interview the winners every week. And that's a very interesting thread that you just explained. Um, very, very common uh, with many of the other players. That at some point, they have that you know, lack of confidence. They're not sure. But they all seem to come back to the same thing, and that is going back to just having fun, um, just enjoying the game and, and not worrying so much about uh, obviously, they're they're concerned about how they play. They want to play their best, but they all sort of have that same common thread as what you've just explained. So I, I think there's, um, I think as you mature and develop as a player out on tour, you begin to understand that you know it, it's not always a, a constant grind. That sometimes you just have to relax and just be calm and, and be at peace, if you will, on the golf course. And obviously, uh, it served you well uh, this past weekend. I want to ask you one final question, then Cindy, I'm going to bounce it back to you. Um, just to sort of play off of what Cindy was asking you about some of the changes in that. Um, but I want to ask it from a different perspective. Uh, you've already explained the reasons why you changed, but I want you to maybe, for those listeners out there that are maybe struggling with their own game, of course they may or may not be playing uh, competitive golf, but um, they've tried to make changes. That's not an easy task. What advice would you give to our amateur golfers that maybe are struggling with their game? There might be some changes that could be made how would you advise them to sort of stick with it and come up with some kind of a game plan? Just give uh, just some basic uh, overview, if you wouldn't mind. 
Um, yeah, of course. Um, one of the things that we we've learned. So in Mexico, we have a nonprofit organization that uh, they came together to help women professionals uh, reach the LPGA, and they they support us with um, with our entry fees and and Lorena Choi is involved, and and there's a big support system. So one of the things they did for us is they took us to a Vision 54 uh, Academy in Phoenix, and and they taught us something there that was very simple, but I think you can always go back to it, where it's, you can check your, they call it BTT. So when you're making a change, it, uh, instead of going to the video and maybe trying to get way too specific about something, just check your balance, your tempo and your tension. So a lot of times when we're making a change, we're so worried with the mechanics that you will start to lose your balance and then that's actually what's throwing you off. Or maybe you are going too fast because you already want to see if the change is going to work or not. So to watch your tempo and, uh, you know, with your balance, try to uh, really feel your feet on the ground and 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 stay steady throughout the golf swing and then the the tempo you can hit some shots at 50% um i've also learned if you when you're making a change if you do it some swings in slow motion and you do hit the ball even if it's not going far but that can help uh, and then the tension because when we want to make something happen sometimes we're gripping the club a little harder so if you can grip it at a, like number 10 as being the the hardest you can grip the club and then go to zero and then you find that that five tension or middle point where you can um, be more relaxed during the golf swing. Um, so those three things have helped me also kind of like stay stay on the path. That's some great advice, Alejandra. Um, you know, many of our amateur golfers struggle out there, and um, I'm sure playing in some pro-ams over the years, you've seen a lot of um, crazy-looking swings, and, and obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to interfere too much, but I'm sure there's there's been moments that you've wanted to come out and, and just say, I don't think that's going to serve you well today uh, in, in this pro-am. Um, Cindy, you go ahead. I know you've got some other questions or comments. So now that I read in the in the bio that you found something this week and you trusted what you felt, which I would call a right brain feeling, sound, yeah. visual, whatever it is, and, and and good for you for trusting that because we're all looking for that. I call it the dumb blonde right brain thought feeling thing that you can do <laughs> that helps you create you know, really good shots and you trust and it's like, oh my gosh, I don't have to think. This is awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I have to ask you, I'm, I'm shifting here a little bit, so stay with me. What do you love about what you're doing? Um, you know, I, that's a question that I asked myself a lot during the off season and when I was working also with my mental game coach, um, what I love personally is like I grew up playing by myself a lot. Um, 
because I, I just love the game and I love the challenge that you can always get better. Uh, you never reach perfection, but you can always improve at something. And so for me, I think it's just being on the golf course and, and feeling like it's only the golf course and I, and, and I'm like playing with it instead of against it. Um, so I, I don't know if it sounds crazy, but, um, but that's, that's what I love about the game. It's where you can be quiet, um, quiet enough to, to listen and to see what the golf shot is asking of you and, and the best way that you can produce it. So, so for me, it's a very like personal connection with a golf course and, and the game where it's it's just you and the game and, and you can um, just, just trust your intuition and your, and your feel for each shot. So that's what I enjoy the most when I can, um, and I actually experienced it the first few holes of the tournament. I was kind of worried about what everyone else was doing and where, where does she stand and where does she stand? And if I'm leading now I'm one back and, and then I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to play golf and, and enjoy the game, which is why I play. And then, let the rest take care of itself. And of course it's easier said than done. And there were some times where I got back to results, but I, my main goal was just to stay in that, um, that playing mode and having fun and, and being that little girl that grew up just playing golf by herself and enjoying it. That is absolutely awesome. And I, <laughs> and I totally agree with you. I have a quick story. We've got a young girl that we teach who just graduated from college, and she wants to turn pro, and she's working with my husband, Alan, and she she never really has gone low. And our son, who's a real good player, played at Augusta State, you know, was like, you know, she needs to learn to go low. And she was playing two rounds in the New York State Amateur, and she shot 76-76. And Alan said, I'm going to caddy for you the last round. And okay. he went out there with Chelsea and Jamie and I, my son, were texting each other. She's one under. She's two under. She's three under. She's four under. And now he's texting me swear words, you know, initials of, <laughs> oh, my God, right? And she's five under. She's six under. Well, Alan was going to caddy for her for just nine holes, but she was three or four under at the turn. And Alan was like, I can't leave her now. And her dad is always like, come on, you got to go, you know, results, results, results. So she ends up shooting eight under par. She's tied for the lead, but she has no idea. She walks up to the girl she's playing with and congratulates her for winning because she was seven shots back in the final round. She had no idea. And and wow. so what you're saying right now is that she played golf. And Alan said, we had no idea what she was shooting. She goes, I know I was a lot under par, but I was really having fun just preparing and producing shots. So yeah. that's you know what, that is such wisdom that you just shared, and it is the total truth. And I absolutely love going out by myself and just playing golf. And and that's what we all need to do. And even when, if and when you ever quit playing, just know this, that that relentless pursuit of your personal potential should never, ever end. So good for you. Thank you, Cindy. 
Thank you so much. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's for for me. I mean, people have different, like I said, reasons why they play, but but maybe you and I have a similar one and um, and love just to go out and and play the game and then um, kind of forget about the world. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I just may you continue to do that because if you do, you're going to not only have a lot of fun, but you're going to be very, very successful, and you're going to be satisfied within your own self, and that's the most important part of all of it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's that's going to be my goal, and, and like I said, it, it's hard because you can easily get out of it, but um, but hopefully I can continue to draw on that. And, and I'm just going to warn you about the committee of they. So, you know, when somebody comes up and tries to knock you off of your mindset, just stand firm, make boundaries, create a fence around yourself, and say, nope, I'm not going there. I refuse. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you for the advice. Ed? Yeah, some definitely some great advice. Um, you're, you're exactly right, um, both of you. You know, I think that... You know, playing in a tournament is, is pressure enough, and I think when you have somebody behind you that's pushing you and pushing you and pushing you, even though it may be well-intended, uh, it can have uh, unintended consequences. And and obviously, you know, Cindy, in your story, you know, um, with Alan sort of just getting her to play and relaxed and calm and not really worrying about everything, um, yielded some some fantastic results so that that's a, a great uh, life lesson as well to learn um my only final uh thought if you will or question um alejandra is i've noticed there's been a pattern this particularly this season on the symmetric tour of a lot of including yourself uh, in sudden death playoffs uh, wh- what's up with that what's with all these is that a, a sign that there's uh, some tough competition on its way to the lpga uh, yeah, I think definitely. Um, um, I've also noticed the cuts have been getting lower, and many tournaments we've had cuts under par, which which wasn't that common before. But um, but yeah, I think having so many playoffs just indicates uh, that the competition is getting better, and and everyone has the same goal and is working harder, and they're more focused. Um, so. So I think it's it's good for golf, um, but definitely it's making everyone step up and trying to uh, to get better because yeah the competition is getting stronger and I mean I I was uh, nine under going into the last round and someone shot nine under on Sunday to tie me mm-hmm. so wow. that just shows you uh, there's always that possibility and, and there's always that person that can be inspired that day and shoot a really low round. So, so yeah, I think um, that's why we've had a lot of playoffs. It's just better, better golfers. Yeah, I, I've noticed that. You know, obviously the other tours the periodically you'll have um, a playoff in that, but I I don't think there has been as many as what we've seen this season on the Sumatra Tour. So that's a, a a testament, if you will, to some of the the strong young ladies coming up like yourself that are, are grinding it out each and every week to uh, to do their best. So, uh, Alejandra, we want to thank you for, for joining us. It's been a pleasure, and, and you've really shed some light not only on your own uh, journey, but uh, you've deposited a few nuggets, if you will, for some of our listeners out there that may be struggling with their game on what it takes to, to really uh, make things happen. So 
thank you, my dear, for, for joining us, and you're welcome to come back anytime. And, and, uh, and uh, even if you don't win, uh, we're glad to have you back on the show. Okay, thank you, Ted and Cindy, for having me. I, I enjoyed talking with you guys as well. Thanks, honey. All right. Keep it up. Okay. Keep All right, have up. a Thank you. Yeah, keep it up. All right, bye-bye. Okay. All right, that was Alejandra Yaneza, the winner of the uh, Garden City Charity Classic this past weekend. Um, what a great uh, inspiration to so many young ladies out there, Cindy. I mean, she just really has a good head. I mean, you know, when you listen to her explain uh, a lot of her answers to, to some of the questions we posed, um, they're very well thought out. She really has a, a good head on her shoulders and really understands where she's at. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And and she knows what won't work. And I think that's right. 90% of it. it it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't think that thought. you know. And as soon as you start thinking about results, nope, go back to having fun. You are a little girl out on the golf course all by yourself. Go have some fun. And God bless yeah. And, yeah, and we're not bit, giving I mean, up, and she realizes she right. loves the game. So, right, right, exactly. Great. And you know, she referred, yeah, she referred to you know growing up and and what she enjoyed most, and that's where she's kind of gone back to her roots. And you know, she's 31. She's a little bit older, not a lot. I mean, she's still a young young woman, but a little bit older than some of the others that we've had on here that were in their early 20s. So she's got a lot of experience that she's uh, gained and knowledge that she's gained along the way. So I think that's helped as well. Um, Cindy, very quickly, let's, uh, we've got a, a great promotional spot that we're going to play. Quickly set it up, and then we'll do that, and then we'll bring uh, Karen out. Everyone knows business deals are made on the golf course. Knowing how to act is just as important as how you hit it. As an LPGA professional and corporate trainer, I offer workshops, seminars, and executive retreats to teach you how to do both. From the back nine to the boardroom, improve your team from the inside out, or Golf 101 for executives might be the perfect fit for your team. Maybe it's time to make some deals on the course. For more information, go to CindyMillerInc.com. All right, a great opportunity for those of you in the business world that want to add uh, golf in there as well. Uh, Definitely want to reach out to Cindy Miller at CindyMillerInc.com. Uh, Inc.com. Uh, all right, uh, our next guest coming up uh, has actually been on the show before. Uh, her name is Karen Nicoletti. She's an LPGA class A teacher professional. Uh, she's a passionate student of the game and is one of the most sought-after female teachers and coaches of the game. Uh, grew up in San Diego, California. She played golf at the age of five and was the junior world golf champion when she was nine and ten. Uh, she's a graduate of uh, San Diego uh, State University and played on their golf team as well. Uh, former tour player and, uh, again, presently a, a Class A LPGA uh, professional. She's also a former PGA member. Uh, her passions in teaching took her uh, to own and operate Nicoletti Golf Academy in South Carolina. Uh, she also owned and operate her own golf shop. Uh, individually, she's been nominated for several prestigious awards, the LPGA Southeast Teacher of the Year, uh, Top 50 Female Teachers uh, in the U.S. by Golf for Women magazine, and U.S. Kids Top 50 Instructors and Best in State. And also, just a, uh, a note as well, uh, she also enjoys working with individuals with special needs and various different handicaps. So, Cindy, let's welcome uh, to the second half of the show uh, a very special guest, Karen Nicoletti. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. We're glad you could be here. 
Well, I'm glad to be here as well. I love talking golf. <laughs> nice. And you go ahead and Where are on. you right now? I am in Portland, Maine, freezing. <laughs> freezing? Really? It is a beautiful fall day. It started the temperature this morning at 45. So it's kind of crazy for September 10th to be 45 degrees. Wow. You're moving. You're coming in and out. I don't know where you are, but you're breaking up a little bit on me. Is she doing that for you, Ted? Not not as much, but, um, yeah, it, it definitely uh, breaking up a little okay. bit. But, uh, Cindy, you go ahead and you start off, and then I'll, I'll jump okay. in when you're ready. So tell us what you're doing this year. You move all well, over the place. You're changing games everywhere. I am. You know, I do mostly New England and Florida. Uh, I go to Florida for the winter, and I'm up in the New England area in the summer. And, you know, I, I am a teaching professional, but I'm also interested in, you know, getting more people to still continue to grow the game, to get more women out on the golf course. I mean, I hear it every day, whether it be in New England or in Florida. You know, I'm not good enough to get out on the golf course. You know, where I just don't think women know how to start. And I feel like the instruction side of golf is we have to – get them to be more comfortable to play golf out there. Totally agree. And where do you go in Florida? To Naples area. Nice. And where do you teach if someone wants to find you? How do they find you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm at uh, Palmyra Golf Course in Bonita Springs. And you can always contact uh, Windstar on Naples Bay. They just eliminated a teaching position. And so I was there for five years, but they'll tell you where I'm going. So as of right now, I'll be at Palmyra Golf Club in Bonita Springs. Awesome. Awesome. Ted? Um, Karen, welcome back. Uh, I know you were with us, I believe it was a couple of years ago uh, that you joined us on the show. And, uh, again, as Cindy said, uh, thank you for, for coming back. Um Growing the game, that's a, a term that, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, growing the game is a term that, that we hear quite often. Um, and I think there's, you know, our last guest, of course, who, who plays on the Symmetra Tour and, and a little bit on the LPJ as well, um, you know, talked about really finding her game. You know, she kind of got, uh, you know, the competitive juices going, if you will, and, and kind of got a little bit tough on herself, I'm sure, over the last little while, and she decided to scale it back. Do you think that one of the problems you mentioned a moment ago about, you know, women sort of finding themselves and, and, you know, not sure if they're good enough to play out in the golf course, do you think that there's too much pressure being put on new golfers to be, you know, the next greatest, uh, if you will, um, and that we need to find a different way of approaching and making it not necessarily simpler to play because it is a difficult game, but maybe more accessible and, in such a way that people aren't as intimidated when they get on the golf course. What are your thoughts? Oh, Ted, you, oh, very much so. I, I really believe that women are struggling in how, or the professionals, how are we going to get women to go out on the game? We have to understand the first thing is make it fun. Make it fun. You know, you'll hear a lot of women say that, you know, they just feel intimidated standing on the first tee. You know what? Tee up on the second tee. You know, you have, you have to find ways to get them out there. I know Operation 36, they do a good junior program, but I've done Operation 36 where they, you start them at 25 yards and in. And when you get 36 and 25 yards and in, you go back to 50 yards and in. And, and I've done it, we used to do it with the juniors, and now I brought it into the women. And I get them, so you don't always have to tee off on the first tee. I want them to get their short game down, 
feel comfortable. But as Cindy would say, the most important thing is nobody really cares how good or bad you are as long as you're not slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Something else, too, that, and I've always said this, and I, I know there are still courses like this around, but maybe we need to, you know, instead of having these, you know, six, seven, eight thousand yard courses, maybe we need to develop some newer uh, golf courses that are more like your par three or executive style courses that aren't so intimidating. Because I, I know, uh, you know, I've taught many uh, women executives as well over the years. And one of the things that they say to me is, you know, when I'm standing on that tee and the, the hole is 400-something yards away or, or even 350 yards away, they're like, wow, I've got to get to there. Do you think that maybe we need to start developing um, almost like a training center? I mean, I know that's what the, the, the um, practice tee is for and we're getting them there, but, but on course experience, a lot of these people are intimidated by the yardages. And, and yes, we can start them – you know, halfway or, or 50 yards out. Um, but then we've got to be cognizant of other people playing. Maybe we need to develop more shorter courses, much shorter courses, um, maybe even half the yardage, uh, and have that as a sort of starting ground. What do you think about that? Yeah, and I actually do that. I actually have a group of ladies that we come out, and I've encouraged them to start their own little groups, kind of like a either a nine-holers or a three-holers or a six-holers. But I have them do it in the afternoon when the course is less mm. crowded and I have them start from 150 and play 150 the entire way around. If it happens to be the par three, you have to get over water. I have them tee off on the other side. I just want to get them to take it from the driving range to the golf course, understand how to keep up then understand really that there are a lot of people. Nobody is perfect and everybody's got to start somewhere. And I believe that, by having three-hole groups, six-hole groups, nine-hole groups, and 100 yards and in, 25 yards and in, depending on the, the level of golfer, is I start to see women having more and more fun. And actually, I'm doing a golf trip with, I think I have like 40-something women now, and we're doing a nine-hole golf trip. We're going away, but at where we're playing is all nine holes. We're only doing nine holes a day. And they're happy with that. They get to shop the rest of the time. Right. <laughs> Let me, Absolutely let me ask you a one. great idea. <laughs> you know, they always feel intimidated. Me, well, they feel intimidated. They can't go on this. Everybody's going on these great golf trips, and they're going out to some of the top golf courses. Well, they'd like to go to those top golf courses too, but they're not into playing 18 holes. They're not as they feel uncomfortable. I just had someone bring it up the other day about, you know, her husband was going to Scotland, and she wished she played 18 holes if he's not good enough to go over there and spend the money and so on and so forth. And I said, you know, go out there. You have to take a caddy at most courses over in Europe. Go out there, explain yourself that you're not great, and ha- and, and drop. The- go with your husband. Take a walk, but drop the ball in the middle of the fairway and play your own little course. No one says that you have to play from tee to green, again, as long as you keep up with the pace of play. Right, right. Well said. Um, let me ask one other question, and Cindy, uh, I'll pass it back over to you. Um, you know, Karen, we've all at some point have worked with some juniors, and one of the interesting – and I'm talking real young kids here now. And one of the interesting things is you put a club in their hand, and they'll just take a mighty swipe. They don't think about it. They just get up there, and they do it. And it doesn't matter what the result is. They're going to try, try, try. But something happens to us as adults as we get a little bit older. Suddenly, all of these messages start creeping into our mind. How do we get 
the adults, and, and in this case, women, to think like a child when they get up there on the tee? Don't play golf with their husband. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you know, they always got the teaching pros with them in the group. I said to, you know, I say to them all the time, who told you that? Oh, the lady I was playing with. Is the lady you're playing with good? So, no, I think that they need to get out there and think of one thing. I think what's happening in the world of teaching, that Cindy might agree with me, that we're getting way too technical, way too technical. I can't get my lady members on TrackMan, you know, my lady, new beginning ladies out on TrackMan. They barely understand just the physics of the club, the game. And so I start them out, again, very, very small and I think that's why I think the 25 yards and in is a great way to get people interested in the game. They see success. That's what keeps people in the game. If you see some kind of success early on, then you want to get better. And then right. I think that the world of, of, of teaching now is, you know, all so uh, tech-oriented that I think that you're losing a lot of people because they're like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this. It's just way too complicated. And I think we need to sit back, go to the simplicity of a golf swing, you know, using metaphors, you know, grandfather clock, tick, talk, music that they like, just other things instead of talking golf as you're teaching. They can relate to other things. They can't really, you know, oh, you play tennis. Let's talk about shifting your weight in tennis. And usually if you put it into something else they do in their life, that they understand it and it makes it more enjoyable for them. Right. Well, well said. And I, I agree with your first response. You know, uh, I'll change it a little bit. Um, certainly they want to play with their husband, but don't let him teach you the game uh, unless Correct. you've got a divorce attorney standing there with you because that's what's going to ultimately happen. Um, Absolutely. Cindy, yeah, Cindy, go ahead. I need to know where you're taking these women on this nine-hole trip. I think that's a great idea. We're going to Somerset up in, in the northern part of or the southern part of Maine. We're doing a trip there, and we're also going to Boston. We're going to go into Boston and play one of the great Granite Link golf courses right there in the city mm-hmm. and then go do lunch in the city. So we'll go play nine and then one, go up. And one trip? Yeah. Yep. Well, well not to Somerset. We're going to go down there. We're going to spend the night, have dinner, maybe have a glass of wine or two do a little instruction in the morning and then go play nine holes and come back to Portland. And then my Boston trip, we're going to get in the car, drive down. We're all going to try to, well, probably this trip I'm going to get a van so we all can be together, go down there. We're going to play golf, no instruction, play golf nine holes, and then go into Boston for lunch and then come back, have a little lobster roll. What a great idea. Yeah, well, you know, nine holers, nine holers, feel like they're left out and you know and i and i you know some were in florida my nine hole group was 140 something women and we hope that out of that nine you know 100 something women that they move into 18 some will never move into 18 they don't take golf seriously and and who cares exactly they're playing golf and having fun that and like you said it's all about having fun some people take it social um you know i always say especially for some of my senior ladies in Florida. As you know, Ted mentioned that the courses are getting so long that I have yep. I made up my own little scorecard form. And I write my, my Thursday group scorecard, and I literally make a card for them with the ladies' names on it. 
and I put them teeing off on the par three over the water because my seniors can't make it over the water anymore. What do they do? Quit playing the game of golf? Absolutely not. Right. So I will put another tee on the other side and it's a really small par three and it might be 30 yards, but wouldn't you love to play the game knowing you could get a par, you know, get, mm-hmm. we're getting an opportunity to maybe get a birdie. I mean, a lot of these seniors have been playing for a long time and, and the courses just keep getting longer and more difficult. So I try to make their own course up for them. These ladies are not going to play in any tournament tomorrow. They're not going to be entering. They don't need a gin number. They just really want to come out, play golf, and go have lunch. There you go. Great job. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's you, fantastic. I mean, I, I really, I got the nine-hole trips, golf trip ideas, because I would take 18-holers, and a couple of their friends would say, God, I'd love to go but I can't play 18, you know, and, and I don't want to slow you up. And so on that, what started was my 18-hole trip. I would take them friends, and then one of the foursomes would do nine holes. And so then I thought, why don't I just start taking a bunch of beginners, have fun, get to go see other beautiful golf courses. And I'm in the process right now of reaching out to other clubs and seeing if any of their ladies would like to meet my nine-hole ladies at a public golf course or you know, sometimes they play at a private and they can swap back and forth. I think the more women you get together and friends in that beginning the game, they'll stay with the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Very well yeah, said. I, I just feel, um, you know, I mean, you women's golf, women's golf, Cindy, you can maybe answer this. I mean, we've come a long way. Do we have a long way to go still? Absolutely. Um, when we start to think about the women, what they spend in the golf shop, I think when you go to get a job now and we're expected to say, what can we bring to the table as a female instructor? What the club, you know, what do I bring? You know, I hope I bring more women up there to help food and beverage, to help grow the game, to help get out there with their grandkids. It's just a win-win, I believe, if you get more women playing the game of golf. You know, you've got your grandkids now, you've got your girlfriends, and so on and so forth. Yep, it's a family affair. You're, you're right on the money. Well, we should do some nine yeah. golf trips together one day. That'd be a blast. Yeah, we should. Yeah, it would. Great idea. <laughs> when are you going to Florida? I leave to Florida at the end of the month. Going to go out to San Diego for a wedding and then go probably play a little Torrey Pines is my hope. And uh, that was my high school golf course was Torrey Pines. How about that? Whoever would have nice. thought wow. the U.S. Open. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, going to go out there, come back here. It just really depends on the weather, you know, when it starts to get really, really cold here. After you know, most short seasons, Labor Day, they all start to think about going south and finishing up and getting ready to take the move down south. Yep. Same thing Did you enjoy here. your time in Nantucket? When I saw you, I did not go to Nantucket. Nantucket. Oh, you didn't? No, go to I Nantucket. did not go to Nantucket. Okay. No, I went to Boston for the BJ's Charity Classic, and we, Alan and I, taught a bunch of beginners, business people, how to play the game of golf and use it as a business tool. And then most of the you know what you're were getting old, Cindy. Players. You're getting old because yep. I was with you. Don't forget, I was there. <laughs> Doing the same thing as you. Oh, that's right. What the heck? 
Yeah, no, I didn't. Wow, how am I doing? And I'm like, why did you think I went to Nantucket? So you're just as old as me, so shut up. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. I was with you. I had to sit and you talk. Yeah, you did, you did. But you had a great group of people. So, um, no, I did not play the next day, and I did not go to Nantucket. I was fortunate to be invited two years ago to do that, but I've never been to Nantucket. So I don't know what I have to do to get invited on that trip, but I'd like to be uh, a fly on the wall. Well, I think you, me, and Ted should just go out to Nantucket, and we'll just call up there yeah. and make our own little group. <laughs> there you go. I we'll would love that. take the nine holers. <laughs> That's there right. you go. They'll go <laughs> Nantucket. They'll, they don't mind at all. You know, Karen, you, you raise a really interesting. You know, all all kidding aside, you, you raise a very interesting point because, you know, the the industry has has really for a long time pushed, pushed, pushed this eighteen holes, uh, and and I certainly love it. But as I get into that that age group as well, that you know, I just don't have the same energy levels as I once did. Um, you know, playing these seventy five hundred and plus yard courses um it, it really isn't as fun anymore because you know you've got to be able to bomb at a mile and and uh, again you just don't have that same energy level and as a, a, an older player and i'm certainly not over the hill or anything i don't want to infer that but you know you want to be able to have fun and enjoy your round and when it becomes that it's no longer fun I think this is what causes a lot of our senior golfers to drop out of golf. It's not because they're not improving so much. Uh, certainly that's part of it. They understand that, that you know, things change. Uh, we change as human beings. But when it's no longer fun um, to go out on the golf course um, because now you're shooting, you know, in the triple digits and you've spent most of your life to, you know, try to get into double digits, and now you're, it feels like you're going backwards. So maybe we need to change the mindset of the industry and say, hey, there needs to be more than just this one option. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. You know what I have? My, I've got a couple of gentlemen that are very old at the club up here in Maine, and they've been playing together this same foursome for years. And, you know, one just got ill, and so unfortunately he had to back out. And they were all thinking that the group was going to just, they're not getting any better. They can't get over the fescue, blah, blah, blah. So, I told them, why don't they play a scramble, a best ball between them? Mm-hmm. And so they did. So they start every week. They come out, and they play their nine holes, and they start on the backside where when, you know, we don't have anybody making the turn, and they play their own little best ball scramble. They all see it. They pick the best one, and they, and they can heckle each other. It's crazy listening to them. Like, today we used all of Joe's drives. You know, it, it's so cute right. to watch them still enjoy the game. It, it really is. Yeah, and, and it is, right? And that's a, that's a smart play, really, to do that because, you know, they each can bring something to, to the round and still have fun. They're not playing, sure. you know, to win the, the U.S. Open or, you know, Augusta or something else. They're just out there to have fun and, and some camaraderie with their friends. I want to ask you one other final question, and, and you know, as we get close mm-hmm. to, to the end of our time, because I mentioned um, – you know that that you you've worked with uh, many special needs and and obviously folks with some different handicap challenges. I, I came across a very interesting statistic. We had a, a guest on a few years ago who actually uh, is referred to as the uh, left-handed lady, and she has uh, a, a deformity that, from birth. And uh, her mission is to to make others aware that just because you have some challenges doesn't mean you can't play golf. 
Well, one of the stats that she um, read out to us was that there are nearly 24 million, that's with an M, here in the United States that have some sort of challenge, whether it be physical or other, uh, here in the United States, many of them are not playing golf. Is that an opportunity for the industry to say, we need to address this issue? They're always wanting to grow the game. There are many people within that category that would love to play golf, but they don't think it's for them because of the challenges that they're facing. What can we do as an industry to change that? You know, when you go to – great question, and, and I find that when you go into an area or a town and you want to – one of the things that you want to do as a golf professional, I believe, is support your community. So when I come up here, I found the Blind Association, something to do with the blind. I went to their office. I reached out to them and asked them if they did any field trips. And if they didn't do any field trips, do they do any activities? Or can I come to do – can I do a speak for them? At, and talk about playing golf. And, and um, down in Fort Myers, I was, had it real close happening in Myrtle Beach for a while when I was in Myrtle with my own school, is the um, Miracle Network. It's a baseball, and they go to the baseball field for handicap. And I got them out there playing golf on the baseball diamond with snag golf equipment. And if you're not familiar with snag, you know, the more yes. plastic and tennis mm-hmm. balls. And so nobody was hurting themselves with all different types of handicaps. So I think for, you know, if you team up with someone in the area that might work as in uh, physical therapy with older people, I've gone to, in Myrtle Beach, I used to go to the senior living places, and I would Mm -hmm. set up my own little course with the snag. And they loved it because they played when, you know, a lot of them, Alzheimer's, they don't remember, but they kind of, so I made it like a pup-pup for them at their senior living home. And, right. you know, I think there's many opportunities if you reach out and they can't get enough help. You know, I go to military bases, guys, amputee programs, you know, because I was right. fortunate enough to teach a lot of the wounded warriors, that, you know, the soldiers that have injured themselves when I was at Reynolds Plantation. And, you know, I reach out to those amputee programs and ask them if I can do a clinic for free. Can they come on out and play? And, I get just as much satisfaction. Guess what? They're like, maybe we can play. And I'm hoping that one of those, if they continue to play, then they'll grow the sport. Right. And there are a lot of um, others in the profession, like yourself, that are involved in whether it be a Wounded Warrior Project or something of that nature. Um, But, you know, as our guest, and and unfortunately, um, her name escapes me at the moment, but when she was on the show, you know, she mentioned Judy how Alvarez? she commun- uh, No, uh, Rojas oh. is her last name. I can't okay. think of her first name. But, but mm-hmm. she um, talked about a young girl who was about 9 or 10 years old that had the same affliction that she did that said, you know, I didn't know that I could do this until I saw your video and saw you on the Golf Channel. She was featured on the Golf Channel a few years back. So, Aww. you know, there are opportunities to really open some doors for a huge population that would love to participate, but nobody or very few or it's very sporadically spread across um, are communicating that message. So that's what I'm, I guess I'm getting at is maybe as an industry, we need to say this is a, a game, a sport that is all-inclusive. It doesn't matter you know, who you are, how tall, short, whatever, um, whether you have one arm or no arm, there's something that we can do to modify this game so that you can play and be involved as well. 
and that message yeah, is not resonating know, at this time. Correct. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't I, – I find, personally, a lot of the problems in this industry is they're, they're, it's a very me-oriented industry, me, 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 me. And I find that if you really want to get on the good side, it'll help your book with adults because somebody is touched by somebody that has a disability. So when they – in the community, right. when they hear, oh, Karen Nicoletti, she goes and works with XYZ, whether they be juniors or handicapped. Right. Or whatever, the reputation, your name gets around and your book gets full. So it's a win-win mm-hmm. for everybody. Makes me feel good, and then I'm also busy. Right, exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, Cindy, any final thoughts? I know we, we've got to uh, wrap up here. We're almost out of time. Uh, any final thoughts or questions for uh, for Karen? No, I just want to thank you for your passion and your caring okay. and your commitment to helping people learn to enjoy and master the game of golf. You're just a gem. Well, thank you, Cindy. And, you know, you were one of my mentors, so I learned from the best. And um, I'll never forget the day I met you. But I will continue to do it. That's all I know. Um, I'm looking forward to we'll get on the show again and let you, we'll talk a little bit about my husband caddying on the PGA Tour this year. So I'm excited for that. Perfect. That would sound great. Um, very quickly, Karen, uh, best way for the folks that are tuning in, if they want to reach out to you and, and learn more about what you do or get in touch with you, what's the best way to go about that? You can email me at Nicoletti Golf. That's N-I-C-O-L-E-T-T-I Golf at AOL.com. Um, I can also be, email probably be the best. I can be contacted at area code 504-813-7605. Perfect. Well, Karen, thank you very much for joining Cindy and I this morning on the Women of Golf Show. We'll definitely have you come back and and, uh, talk some more golf. It's something I think all three of us share uh, passion for, but uh, unfortunately, we've got to wrap up uh, this morning. But thank you very much. Uh, Keep doing all the great stuff, as as Cindy expressed. Well, thank you very much, and you all have a wonderful day. You do the same. Thank you. All right. Happy golfing. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. All right, that was our very special guest, Karen uh, Nicoletti, uh, great LPGA uh, professional and, and uh, a passionate individual of the game. And on that note, Cindy, uh, we're going to say goodbye to our listeners as well. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this morning on the Women of uh, Golf. On behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Rico. God bless everybody, and we'll see you next week here on the Women of Golf Show. Thanks, Cindy. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.